Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. What's up, Happy Tanners? Thank you so much for joining us on episode 92 of the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Amanda Arnold from The Shady Sun. She has a great story about how she got into this industry and how far she's come over the past few years. She is a rare breed in that she has her sunless tanning line, but she also has a studio where they perform spray tans. So she kind of has the best of both worlds. Not only that, but she learns on the ground, learns from people that are in the same situation as her, how she can improve her products, what else they can offer and all those kind of things. Obviously, it's a unique situation to be in. And a lot of people that I speak to that are in the industry kind of aspire to maybe eventually start their own product line. She shares some great information on what that entails, what it looks like, the investment and everything that kind of goes into creating your brand and the hard work that goes behind the scenes and creating it as you could expect. Amanda, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Amanda's a great resource, somebody you should definitely connect with. She's super kind, always willing to help and give out her time. I was honestly surprised that we hadn't had her on the podcast yet, but nevertheless, Timing is everything. It's great to have her on. Thanks so much, Amanda, for sharing your story and your time. We're looking forward to following the Shady Sun, seeing how everything comes in the future for you and your business as well. And for the all the listeners, you know the Happy Tens podcast is sponsored by the one and only Happy Tens website builder. It's created specifically for sunless tanning artists. Our websites are not just a pretty brochure online website. They're actually a tool that helps you grow your business by helping you be found online in the local searches. If you look for spray tan artists near me or spray tan artists in your city, does your website come up? If not, we can help. Our website builder is perfect for this. It's optimized out of the box. We take care of all the technical stuff for you, and you can just focus on spraying people and running your business. If you haven't checked it out, come to the website. Click on the green Create Your Website button. Come check it out. We're here to help. Always want to make sure that we're helping people move forward in their business. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, Grant, at happytans.com. Thank you so much for your time, Amanda. Thank you so much for your times. Happy Tans listeners. I hope you enjoy the episode and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans podcast. On today's episode, we have Amanda Arnold from The Shady Sun. How are you doing today, Amanda? Excellent. Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I was obviously we, we were chatting pre-roll and I couldn't believe you hadn't been on the podcast yet, but I'm excited to have you on finally. <laughs> Same. Absolutely. Me too. It's perfect timing. So I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for those that don't know you, uh, Amanda or the Shady Sun, your company, let me open up the floor for a minute. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the industry, what the Shady Sun does um, and anything else you want the listeners to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually have been in the tanning industry since high school. It was um, my second job in high school, and I just fell in love with it. I worked in salons throughout high school and college um, and obviously wound up back in the industry, um, and I just couldn't get away from it. I really fell in love with spray tanning in particular while I was in the industry so young, mainly just because I'm lazy. Um, if I can get what I want in 15 minutes without having to work for it, sign me up. Yeah. So um, spray tanning has just really always been my jam. And when post-college, when um, I started my corporate journey, I just really found that that wasn't the path that I wanted to be on. So in 2015, I started mobile tanning in my area. And a year 
later, I started to kind of dole out some products that were underneath the umbrella. And then in 2019, I was able to open up our flagship studio here in Salisbury, Maryland on the Eastern shore near Ocean City. So it's been a wild couple of years and it's been a really fun journey getting back into everything from owning a spray tan brand that's carried by other salons and professionals across the country to also being in a studio environment again and running that once more. So um, we're kind of in all aspects of it, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, a unique situation. But I think a lot of people that are maybe newer to the industry or even been in for a while, kind of, I feel like they go through the process and they open their business or start their business mobile uh, salon or whatnot. And then they, they get to a point where, you know, they've been working with all these products and maybe they want to explore creating their own, which obviously you went through that process. What led you down that path? It seemed like it was pretty early for you to get started. Was that just, uh, you know, scratching your own itch kind of thing? Um, definitely. Yes. And a little bit, um, other stuff too. I, I look at, the products that you use almost like a marriage. Um, and I think when you're starting out and I think a lot of other people experience this, you're almost dating a lot of different brands and for some, and a lot of, obviously my salons feel this way when they find one and they love it, that's their jam. And that's what they're sticking with. And it makes it easy for them to build a consistent client base with that because their tans are consistent for some that marriage never really happens with brands that are already out there on the market. And that was kind of where I fell into. Um, I love some things about some and didn't love things about others. So it led me to at that point in time where, you know, I had the resources and I had the time to develop that meeting with cosmetic chemists and going, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to bring to the market. You know, I want stuff that's great for the skin, but that's also going to make sure that we're producing the best tans on top of it without compromising the, you know, the overall quality of the results. So that was very much a high priority for me, as well as being affordable. Um, you know, spray tanning is something that is gaining a lot of popularity and mass, you know, culture right now, but it's still something in a lot of areas that is a lower dollar service. So to make a product that's very affordable allows our salons and our professionals to make sure that they're making the most money on their service as well. So that was also really, really um, important to me. The other thing that I saw, or I guess I didn't really see very much at the time, um, which was really important to me. I am biracial, so I'm half native and I'm half white. And I didn't see a lot of diversity or inclusiveness with marketing from brands. So it was something that I really wanted to set out to do was showing what it can do on all different types and tones naturally. Um, so it's been really exciting to see that we've been a part of that movement. It's been popping up all over with salons and other brands marketing too. So for me, that's just kind of what drew me to wanting to create something different. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, scratching your own itch, kind of serving a market that was underserved, especially at that point. I think it's changed a lot in the last uh, three or four years. Wait, you said oh, 20, yes. 2016 was when you actually started selling products? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So on five years or six years, 2022, six years. I know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, that, you know, it's great. Everybody says if you scratch your own itch, you know, there's other people out there that probably you can, you can fill in, you know, kind of avoid there, which obviously you have done uh, and successfully done uh, for you. And, and looking at your website, it looks like you guys kind of, so you do, it looks like you have some um, kind of 
things for people that tan at home for professionals. And then you have obviously your uh, flagship studio as well. So you do all, you kind of touch all three audiences there. Yes, we definitely try to. Um, we, our retail brand, um, which is our at-home self-tanners, you know, tan extending products, stuff like that, is also available wholesale. But it's nice because if somebody in Montana is buying it from us retail, they fall in love with it, they can go to their local salon and be like, look, this is the jam. This is what I want to have here. It's a great way to create brand exposure for our salons and kind mm -hmm. of cross market like, like that. And with our wholesale side, they have access to a whole bunch of different options, even if they aren't offering the service of spray tanning, but they want to give, you know, their clients an at-home option. They now have that ability as well. Right. Which is super important, obviously, in the last couple of years. As, oh, as yes, absolutely. With COVID. Yes. Yeah, as everybody can attest to. So if you had to pick like a couple of main things that set, you know, set your products apart from others in the industry that you know of, obviously, uh, what would those things be? Um, so kind of what I just touched on before, what I felt like was missing, um, you know, we're really inclusive with our marketing techniques and who we are appealing to. We are not of the, you know, school of thought where our tans are just for, you know, super pale people or, you know, little blonde girls. They are for everybody. You know, we have truck drivers <laughs> using our products. We have people of, you know, super fair skin tones to super dark skin tones. Um, so that was really important for me to make sure that that was available to everybody, that they had a product that they knew they were going to look and feel good. Mm -hmm. um, and again, making it affordable to everybody. We have a price point that establishes us as a quality skincare product, but that's still very competitive with what people will find out in Ulta so they can get something a little more exclusive but without breaking their bank with that, which is really a nice option for them to have. Yeah. Um, the other thing from the wholesale side that was really important with me because ingredients are really important. Packaging is very important to me. A lot of that feedback comes from our salons too. So over the years, my main goal has to be making sure that we are serving our clients as well um, by listening to them mainly. So we have, revamped formulas. We have revamped packaging. We have added and subtracted products based off of what our salons feel like they need in their markets as well. And I think that does make us really unique because we are small enough to keep kind of, you know, customizing and tailoring what we have to make it fit for them, but we're big enough to offer everything that they need in an inclusive line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think for us, that's really worked for us very well um, over the last couple of years. Yeah. You kind of keep your ear to the, to the floor and hear it from people, right? So it's good to hear what, yeah, what people need. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed. They're not sure what to do. Maybe it's a pricing thing. Maybe it's a, what product should I use thing? And I'm, you know, I always tell people, ask you know, some loyal clients that you have, and they'll tell you what you, what they want and what they need, right? You might be thinking up something completely different. I'm, I'm guilty of this all the time. And then you ask somebody and they're like, yeah, I would never use that. So why don't we do something else? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's a big reason too, why we don't do minimums on our brand either, because mm. It's, I, I always joke with it, but it's so true. It's like telling somebody what to feed their baby. Like, how can we do that? It's not our child, you know, it's yours, you know what to do. So if it's one solution that, you know, a salon falls in love with of ours, awesome. If it's the entire collection, wonderful, but it makes it really easy to pick and choose what each person needs for their clients. 
Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. How many products do you guys have in the line? I know you, so for the, for professionals, you have to, it looks like register for an account. You guys have to approve that manually, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. We like to approve it manually because we like to understand, you know, who we want to work with. We want to make sure not only are they a good fit for us, but are we a good fit for them? Are we going to be able to meet your demands or do we have the products that you want? Um, you know, if you're, how long have you been in business? We just want to get to know our clients a little bit more from the beginning. It also helps to make sure that it protects, you know, our current salons that have already signed up with us and are trusting us with, you know, helping them grow their business. Our wholesale pricing isn't out there to the mass public. So, you know, Jane Smith down the street just can't buy a six pack of, you know, our, you know, shady tan in a cans at your same price. What, you know, we want them going to you to spend the money. Yeah, that's awesome. And it probably also adds a little bit of exclusivity to it. So that helps you guys as well. Um, it makes people feel, you know, like you're taking care of them as the professional uh, spray tan artist, obviously. So you guys have how, how many different products? I'm sorry, I didn't let you get to no, that. No, no, you're fine. Sorry. Um, so currently, um, as of now, we have five different standard solutions, two different express solutions. We offer two different self-tanners, tan extending products of both a body wash and a lotion. And then we also have a tanning mitt and a tan removal mitt as well. So pretty much everything that, you know, a salon would need from start to finish to also match what they're offering in their service to their retail products. It's a full widespread collection. Got it. And do you guys sell equipment? We do not currently. Um, I have been in talks with some manufacturers. Um, equipment is such an interesting thing, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, and we want to make sure that not only do we sell equipment that we really believe in, because there's only personally a couple brands I'm actually comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then two, are they going to be able to help the people that are buying them from us? Because if we're not purchasing, you know, if we're not manufacturing the equipment it's ourselves, we want to make sure that they get the answers they need if there's a breakdown or anything else like that. So we are currently in the talks to see if what we can do to offer something like that. Yeah, sure. It's a big move. I know Viva from IU or AYU Sunless, I think they don't sell equipment either. It's, it's kind of another thing you have to take on and support. Obviously, when something happens, they're going to call you first, even Correct. though you have no control over it. Like no, that. and yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously I would be doing the same thing. Like, hey, if this is where I bought it from. So we want to make sure that we have all of our systems in place and processes in place. So that way we can help people efficiently as possible. Yeah. Awesome. And do you guys um, offer private labeling for your products? So currently we do not. However, that is going to be launching this year for us. We awesome. are trying to create something that's a little more unique than just the standard private label programs that are out there right now. Um, we, th what's out there right now is really great, but we think that there are some gaps and we want to make our program a little more robust. So it's set up for people's long-term success with their own brands. Okay. Well, that'd be interesting. We'll have to definitely follow up to see how that comes and. Yes. Yes. Like You'll that. have to make sure to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Amanda, being somebody that actually works in the business and sells the products, obviously you're on both sides of it. Like you said, um, you've probably not only yourself, but talk to a lot of people that have been in this business for quite some time. So what are a couple, two or three things that you would say stand out in your eyes as something that you see in successful businesses, you know, not maybe 
successful monetary wise, but successful in whatever their endeavor is, uh, whether it's, you know, 10 tens a week or a hundred tens a day, whatever they want to do. Right. I'm sure yeah. you've seen, seen those things over the past five or six years. So I'd love to know a couple of things that our listeners could benefit from. Absolutely. Um, I think the main thing for me that I've always noticed with the people that I've looked up to in the industry or that I've seen rise to, you know, massive success very quickly is, is that they kind of take their time in getting settled in their business. And that time frame can be different for, you know, different people it can be a couple of months or a couple of years, but they really hone in on their skill and they want to be known for either one or two main things that they're really, really good at and becoming that industry expert in their area. Mm -hmm. um, and while they're trying to do that, I think the other thing that they're doing at the same time is staying very visible in front of their target audience. So, you know, that's a mixture of social media, you know, connecting in person with people at events, it's sending emails out to their people, whatever it is to get those touches so it's when they, you know, whether you're in Wyoming or New York City, it's when they think spray tanning, they're thinking you constantly. Yeah. So for me, point. those two things really go hand in hand. The other thing is, too, that I've really noticed is honestly just being innovative. You know, it's creating new ways to capture new clients, you know, whether it's, you know, creating promos, doing giveaways reels and TikToks have been, you know, huge for spray tan artists in terms of going viral and getting their names out there. So it's really interesting how, especially with the pandemic, people have had to push themselves in a creative way to make sure that they are, you know, staying on top of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. It's been a challenging time, but we've seen a lot of people kind of get outside of their comfort zone outside of the box and probably grow their business or what, what will grow their business in the future with more opportunities and more things out there uh, to do. And I think, you know, that it was interesting. I never heard somebody, you know, kind of say it as getting settled in, but I completely understand and making sure you're become the go-to expert and make sure you're visible and out there for whoever your target audience is. Like you said, a lot of people miss out on that and you know, whether it's on Instagram or even creating videos for your website and putting them on Facebook and all these other social media platforms to kind of just go through the day-to-day -day process or things that you would recommend for people that don't know much about tanning, right? You automatically become the expert if you're teaching people, whether they think it or not, they're looking up to you and looking for the answer. Um, sadly enough, it could be completely incorrect, but most people don't do that. But, you know, once, once you find out that somebody's posting those things and, and, showing themselves as kind of the expert, you become the go-to person for that. And a lot of people aren't doing that, right? So you'll definitely stand out if you put a little bit of effort into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it too just comes down to having a little faith in yourself, especially when you're a new artist and starting yeah. out, you know, it's, it's easy to look up to other people that are really booked or busy or, you know, whatever your definition of success is and feel like you're missing out. And I've seen that a lot with new artists that, that they want to be known for, you know, spray tanning, but two months into it, there's, they're worried they're not making enough money. So now they're doing lashes and they're doing all these other things, which is great for generating revenue. But if you're bringing things in too quick, what are you getting settled in? And then how are you having time to, you know, teach those people what's going on with all of your services, like you were talking about. So I think for the people, you know, that really stand out, that's for me, what I've just noticed the most is they're getting settled in. Yeah. 
Yeah, def- that's definitely true. And like you said, yeah, a lot of people jump ship or try to find some other thing. They bring in teeth whitening or all these other things. They haven't even given the the new idea, the new service a chance to even, you know, mature or go through the process of that. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the reasons behind this podcast is like so many people like yourself, you've been in here for, you know, six, seven years. There's other people been in here for over a decade and now their business is obviously thriving. But if you talked to them 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been that way. So be, you Correct. know, and we're all, all of us just want more and more instant gratification. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, who doesn't love that dopamine rush? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks social media. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you did reference, you know, kind of the way people adjusted or rolled with the, the, the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff. So how, how, what did you see from your end as far as I mean, you were in both sides of it? So you got to experience it from the salon side and also from the, from the product side. So I'd be interested to see, to hear how that went for you and, and what you saw. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I think it was, and it still kind of is to a degree, depending on where you are in a country, just like a day-to-day situation. Yeah. Um, Cause it's still in sometimes in certain ways, hard to plan for what's going to happen. There's still rules and regulations changing constantly. But I know when we were all shut down, the best thing everybody did and what really helped a lot of salons survive was moving online and finding ways to still make yourself available to customers. A lot of people did those curbside pickups or they were doing home deliveries. So that really helped. And again, that was part of, you know, being innovative and rolling with, you know, whatever is happening to make sure that your business stays alive. Mm -hmm. So the retail options obviously, you know, went hand in hand with that because you needed something to provide to your clients so they could stay hooked on your service, even when you couldn't provide it basically. So a lot of my salons did, you know, make kits with self tanning things that sold at different price points. It made it a fun way to, kind of get through the pandemic in that way. Um, And even when the pandemic was over in their area or, you know, over enough for them to be open, Mm -hmm. you know, online booking, I feel like really shot through the roof because it was easier to manage. People were used to being online more. Um, And there was a, overall too, our industry is not regulated. So I almost think it was a benefit in some way that the COVID, you know, hit and we all had to shut down because it made us examine all of our sanitation practices and standards. We were looking into making sure everything was top notch. Yeah. You know, cancellations (laughs) were another thing that honestly really have still been impactful post COVID. And I've seen a lot of salons get more robust with their cancellation policies, taking deposits or holding credit cards. So I think that was a bonus as well, you know, taking their businesses more seriously for, you know, when they did survive. Yeah. Those are good points. And you kind of hit hit the nail on the head there at the end of saying that, like the talking about the business, because I think a lot of people get into this and because it is like unregulated, it's relatively low cost of entry. There's anybody can really get into it. Right. And everybody knows that. So a lot of people get into it and it's just a hobby. They don't really treat it like a business, even if they are, you know, filing the papers, creating an LLC and all this stuff, they're still not treating it like a business. They don't have cancellation policies in place. They don't have, you know, operate SOPs, you know, any operating procedures that people follow, they don't worry about the sanitation stuff. They're just flying by the seat of their pants, right? But the people I think that kind of move forward is, and somebody gave me this advice a long time ago, is like, treat your treat yourself or your business like you want it to be, right? So you might say, oh, it's yep. only me. I don't need all this stuff. I don't need booking. People can text me. But where do you want to go? If it's in two years, I want to have staff and I want to have all this stuff. Go ahead and start working on that. And people will 
follow suit, right? They'll treat you that way. You know, here's our cancellation policy. You have to schedule online. We need to keep all that. We need your card on file. Yes, we're a business. We're not letting you, you know, cancel and, and not charge. We blocked out our day for that, literally for that appointment. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, thing. it's you're not going to target and making up your own rules. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it's gotta be the same. And as, as horrible as it sounds on the outside, the best analogy I always use for, you know, younger artists that I talk to is it's almost like training a dog. Like this puppy is adorable and it's cute and it loves you and <laughs> you love it. But if you want to make sure that it tells you when to go to outside or you want to know that it makes sure it's going to sit when it's sit and when you tell it to sit, it's the same with customers. You have to create those boundaries. You have to uphold those boundaries and they're going to respect them and it works out better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super challenging thing to do. I know you probably do. I know I struggle with that still to this day. Uh, we just want to go above and beyond. That's part of, I think, owning your own business. You just never want to let people down, but at some point you have to set those boundaries yes. uh, in order for people to treat you like a business, right? I mean, it's, that's the truth. We're, we're, while, while you can't be friends with your clients, you still have to have some kind of uh, boundaries, like you said. So those are really good points, really good points. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, So, like you referenced, I mean, kind of depending on where you are in the country, the, the pandemic is over or not over. Now it's going back up through the spiking certain places are shutting down. We get notices from the schools like, Hey, we might be going remote again. So yeah. what, what do you think is going to happen once all this is passed? Hopefully all of it gets past us at some point. What do you think is going to happen with the industry? I honestly think the industry is going to be okay. And then eventually more than okay. Um, we are tied, whether we like it or not, to a lot of other outside industries, travel, weddings, you know, all that other stuff. So those industries are evolving. And luckily, honestly, our customers are evolving with them. So even though there are a lot of, you know, restrictions in place and precautions in place with travel, our clients are still doing them. They don't mind doing all the crazy swabs and the tests. So because they're doing that, they're still going to come into us. They're going to get that pre-vacation tan and still go on their trips. And same with the weddings. It's really interesting over the last two years, how many weekday weddings there have been because, well, there's just only so many weekends and with mm -hmm. the reschedules and everything, I honestly feel like it may be a trend that continues to stick around even when the pandemic dies down a little bit more because it's more cost effective for the couples and people are already used to taking off work and attending these events. So I think you'll see those kind of events spread out more through the week, which will help fill those books in a little bit easier for people versus just, you know, holding up until like a Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. I think eventually when, you know, these ports start to clear out with all the backlogs of containers and mm -hmm. the nightmare it's been across the country with shipping, eventually they're going to have that calmed down and figured out. And then the cost of gloves are going to go down, the cost of paper towels, all of the disposables that we have to use, hairnets, all that stuff will go down, which means our profits will go back to increasing. Mm -hmm. You can keep those higher rates that you've already set in place if you want. It's up to you. So it gives you some flexibility with controlling what your profits will actually be looking like too. And I think overall, we, our clients have been looking for things to do to treat themselves. Um, this year in particular, that's been a huge uptick. And the reason why my clients are coming in personally is just because they wanted to do something for themselves. They don't even have anything going on. So I think 
through the pandemic by doing it at home and then just treating themselves, they're already more familiar and used to the service. So I think those clients are going to evolve more into your package clients, your membership clients, um, and become a more regular thing for people. Yeah, that's good. That's a good outlook. You know, I think that a lot of that could be definitely true. One thing you referenced that a lot of people may not have considered, and, and hopefully they have, is the increased cost uh, that they've inherited based on all these things and inflation and all that. And hopefully they've revisited or adjusted their pricing for their services accordingly. And it, for those of you that have never considered like what it actually costs, I actually created a, we created a free calculator. If you just go to costpertan.com, you can literally plug in all the elements of your business and how much they cost you. And they'll tell you what your cost per tan is now. Um, and that'll give you an idea of what your, what your, you know, what your profit margin is. And and some of you may have never considered that, but if it's, you know, $50 tan, but it costs you $15 in product to get that right. You're $35 plus all these other things you have to consider, but go check that out. If you haven't probably like Amanda said, you got to revisit that. If, if nothing else you price, I'm sure your cost of goods has gone up. Um, you've seen that Amanda from your side, being on the the production side and the products, have you guys had any issues with supply and, and things like that? I know people are like bottles are out and all these kind of things. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, it, it literally pains me in my heart and my stomach to have to admit it, but it's true. <laughs> like, um, you know, we've had components have been the biggest problem for us. Um, and to the point where we are in just about in our final talks with, um, you know, sourcing those three more U.S places because it's just so unreliable. Um, We've been trying to do air shipments as much as possible because they've been a little more reliable than C. But I mean, we've had our lotion containers stuck. We've had our foam container, you know, so it's just been a pleasant (laughs) adventure uh, (laughs) one after another, I guess is the only way to look at it because, you know, all you can do is evolve with it and, you know, you roll with it, you can update people, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people are doing what we're doing and are trying to find alternative options for that so that our supply chains are more consistent mm-hmm. because it's hitting everybody right now. Yeah, it really is. And I like to bring that up and hear from, you know, the manufacturer, the product side, the manufacturer side to give, give people an idea that are, that are only, you know, buying the products that, Hey, these companies out of stock again, and all these kind of things to understand what people are facing on the other side. Cause it's easy to get, you know, frustrated with the situation, but you may not know what's on the other side of that wall, right? Which, which is you guys trying to get products, ingredients, all these other things to come together in harmony at the same time. Yes. Uh, and I remember <laughs> when I worked at Sholi years ago, obviously, because they produced their own products, it was the same. It would be like the ebb and flow of they're out of this, we're out of this, we're out of this. And keeping up with that is is, is super challenging for anybody. Yeah. So. And even on a good year, you know, it's, it's still hard. And I think too, you know, talking about the private label from earlier, it's a great alternative for people because manufacturing is extremely expensive. Like it can cost up to 10 grand to, you know, formulate one product. So it's, you know, and when you're doing that and then you're hanging out waiting on these components, it's like, oh my gosh, I'll give you my firstborn if I could just get them here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, you know, for, for somebody that's, that's the starting their own product brand, you have to consider like the growth and like, you have to, you have to guess what that's going to be right you know last last year we sold 100 units this year we're expecting 200 we need to go ahead and fork that money over and bring it in betting on the fact that we're going to sell that if we don't it's a loss right because the products have to be discarded at some point and that's that's our that's our boat always because we do small batch manufacturing to make sure that we our products don't sit on our shelves very long so we want to make sure that our salons and our stores get the freshest product consistently 
So it's, it's, yeah, we're always in that. Like it's like, it pretty much feels like double Dutch, uh, you know, every quarter. <laughs> yeah. So not to create more competition for you, Amanda, but I'm curious if, if somebody is interested in actually creating and formulating their own product, I mean, what, what advice would you give them? Would you say, I'm not going to say don't do it, but what kind of advice oh, would no, you give no, no. them? Cause I tell people to be, um, I, I, I was saying that because sometimes I'll tell people don't do it because they might not have a good enough reason to want to do it or they haven't thought about the marketing, right? You can market in the forums, but everybody does that, right? So how do you stand out? So I'm curious right. from somebody that's experienced and, and done it, like what advice would you give somebody that's interested in that path? Yeah, I would definitely not say don't do it. I would just say have a really long session with yourself and what the direction of your business is because custom formulating is leaps and bounds more expensive than private labeling. So if your goal is to be very dominant within your local market, even if you want to franchise within your local market, private labeling honestly is probably still your best bet because you're just selling to your own people. But if your goal is to, you know, have a national brand or a global brand and you understand what that's going to take which is just more than cranking out product and taking a pretty picture then absolutely be ready to either source the reset you know the resources that you need from crowdfunding or loans or if you have it yourself that's amazing um if you are wanting to go that route the other thing i would suggest and It's because I did not do this and I really wish I did (laughs) start small. Um, There's no shame in it. You do not need to go out and produce an entire line right away. I really wish I would have started a lot smaller and it's stuff over the years that I have still found ways to implement, but, you know, find what your passion is within that. Is it solutions? Is it self-tanning, you know, and start with, one to three products that you're going to be super passionate about that you can sell quickly, that you have a really good profit margin on that will enable you to quickly then add in other products that you want to, whether it's seasonal scents or anything else like that. Right. Yeah. It's really good advice. Cause I think it kind of goes back to the advice of somebody that's starting their own business and looking at somebody that's been in it for years, right? You want to start your own brand. It's the same thing. You're not going to come out with every single product that somebody needs. I mean, unless you have some crazy, uh, if you, unless you have a lot of money to basically uh, to do so, which most people don't, they're trying to bootstrap it. Right. So you want to make sure you can ease into it. Like you said, find your kind of niche, your products you want to focus on. Um, and make those. And I think, uh, you know, you kind of have to assess where you want to go with that. Like you said, if it's a national brand, then sure, maybe creating your own product uh, makes sense. But like you, you reference, you know, thousands of dollars to formulate one product. Um, that doesn't, and that doesn't include actually producing the first batch of those products. Right. Or, um, or the, uh, the components to put it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the bottles that cost, you know, nobody yeah. considers that or the boxes to ship it, the peanuts to put in the packaging, the tape, all this stuff. Right. Uh, there's, there's a lot to it for sure. For sure. Well, uh, man, I appreciate your time, your expertise. Obviously you've been in the industry for quite some time. You live on both sides of the, uh, of the, of the industry here. So it's good to hear from somebody that has experience, uh, vast experience on both sides. Um, if anybody is interested in learning more about your product line, where's the best place to find out more about that? Honestly, the best place is on our website. It's uh, www.theshadysun.com. You'll find links there if you just want to snag one self tanner, or if you would like to go ahead and try the line out, um, you can go ahead and snag samples there or just go ahead and sign up and create your account. 
if you are creating an account, we are a small team. We're actually in the process of a team transition right now. So we usually are asking people to give us at least 24 to 48 hours to review the applications before we get them approved um, and just make sure everything's filled out. Awesome. Awesome. If anybody has wants to contact you directly, is there an email address for you, Amanda? Or- Absolutely. Um, info at theshadysun.com is our best email, or you can feel free to send us a message on our Facebook um, page, which is the shady sun or our Instagram page as well. Awesome. Awesome, Amanda. Thank you so much for your time. It was, it was great to have you on finally, like I said, and uh, we appreciate that. We're looking forward to hearing how the private label uh, program goes and everything else for your business here in 2022. A lot of exciting stuff. So thanks so much again for your time and, and expertise and sharing your knowledge. And we hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Take care. Happy tanning.